Russell, it's Friday the 13th. How's your day going? I'm not going? scared. No? No, I you're not scared. I get a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, you should be really careful today. I think I would choose today to go out of my way to do things like mess with black cats and walk under uh, whatever the thing is you're supposed to not walk under. Yeah, ladders. <laughs> ladders I or like know. just broken glass or something yeah, that, like that's a, i would choose today and i did you know that's if, if there was a black cat in my path today like today of all days i would be like yes i'm gonna challenge that cat well i'm just gonna listen to the song walking on broken glass instead of actually doing it because that sounds a whole lot safer um and and today it's actually we're, we're doing it we're doing the ac podcast a little bit friday the 13th we're changing it up uh, we're, we're, we have a special guest, and I'm super excited to introduce Brian Mueller, who is the owner and developer and carrot extraordinaire of uh, Carrot Weather, which just arrived on, on Android this week. So, Brian, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. There, there are a bunch of people on, on the Android side who are not going to know this, uh, but there, there's actually a whole bunch of different carrot apps uh, on the iPhone. Carrot Weather is, is kind of like the one that gets the, the most attention because it is a weather app that that does way more than what you would think a weather app should do and it's also just wildly entertaining uh but there's there's actually a a bunch more that you do right brian yeah it actually all started with a to-do list back in 2013 that was the first carrot app and i've sort of been growing it from there the the second one was an alarm clock and then there was a fitness app uh, two fitness apps. One was a like a weight tracker and a seven minute workout app, and then the other one was a calorie counter. And then after that was the weather app, and that's the one that sort of blew up and became the most popular. In addition to accurate weather, in addition to having a really great design, uh, <laughs> Carrot Weather is is kind of famous for its uh, what, what you call on the site its personality. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to call it the fact that it, it calls me a meat bag and therefore I love it. So, um, you know, you're new ish to the Android ecosystem and, and welcome. We're super happy to have you, but can you give us a quick breakdown of, you know, what carrot app, what carrot weather is and, and how it works and, and why somebody would want to install it? Sure. It's, I like to call it sort of like this crazy weather app that has this central character named Carrot in it, who's this like murderous AI that is based on sort of based on uh, popular AI characters in pop culture, like Hal from 2001 or GLaDOS from the Portal series. And it's also based on uh, on people in my life, mostly my, my mom, my sister and my wife. And uh, their personalities <laughs> were we're a really sarcastic family, and we like to make fun of each other a lot. So a lot of the personality of Carrot actually comes from from those three women in my life. I love. I that. was going to ask who hurt you, <laughs> uh, and you already gave us that answer. Uh, and this is so this, but it's more than just like the the Carrot, uh, you know, quote unquote AI. Uh, it talks to you as soon as you open the app. It'll, you know, it gives you kind of daily updates. You have a function in the app that gives you kind of control over how salty uh, the 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 artificial intelligence can be. But there's also a text component to it uh, that you have quite a bit of fun with. Uh, where where like along with the weather, there's just a, a block of text that that floats in there some somewhere that's related to whatever's happening in the world that day. Yeah, I, a couple months ago. Uh, I added this ability to to remotely update the carrots uh, dialogue in the app, and I've been using that to comment almost sort of like a Twitter feed, almost uh, comment on current events like uh, stuff going on in pop culture, movies, TV, and also like the news, politics, that kind of stuff. And it's been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy writing the dialogue for that. I think the only thing that I find more entertaining, and this is just like inside baseball, you should, you should, if you're a fan of the app, you should also go and get the complete experience. People who use the app don't like the thing that you have added for that day. Uh, maybe they disagree with you politically or, or, you know, whatever the, the take might be. And, uh, and they come and they throw shade at you via email and you just take that and immediately put it up on your Twitter account. <laughs> 
And it's never not funny, you know, to to see these people, uh, you know, to get so heated about a weather app. It's it's really funny. So you have this kind of complete cycle of uh, of insults, and that's why I had to ask who hurts you because you uh, you do you you start off you you have this uh, this app that is constantly uh, digging at its user. It calls us meat bags. It says you know put your sausage fingers on the on the screen to to activate these features. It's it's very funny and it's very kind of direct. Uh, and then, yeah, you you then you, you kind of funnel your personal thoughts into uh, into this this like you know what would otherwise be dead space in this app. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and adds personality to to what is usually very personality less apps. Uh, that was the whole idea behind doing the carrot apps. All of them from the very beginning was uh, like for the to do list, just making it something. Uh, fun and engaging, whereas most task apps are really boring and you don't really have any incentive to keep using them. And at the time in, in 2013, when the app came out, gamification was like this big buzzword. Everybody was adding gamification elements to their apps, like badges and points and that kind of crap. And what I wanted to do was, because I was, I've always been a big uh, fan of, of games and gaming, I wanted to, I didn't really play games for, for the points or for badges. And I played them for like the story and the characters and the writing. And so I wanted to take those elements from the elements that I like from games and put that into an app and figure out a way to gamify that. And that ended up, uh, surprisingly being uh something that people really enjoyed and and they really like using the app just to see what carrot would say next and it motivated people to who otherwise wouldn't use a to-do list to keep using it so when you talk about um you know your your suite of five apps right now they're all carrot branded what is the what was the impetus what was the the thinking behind the branding in the first place how did you come up with the idea and were you a developer before uh your first carrot app um hit the market in 2013 uh well I'll answer this the second question first uh no i was not i i was an english major uh, in college i was going to go to school to get my go to uh uh, get my MFA in screenwriting out in California at the American Film Institute. And a couple months before I was supposed to go out there, I would I met who was later become my wife and decided to stay in the, the Philly area and get a, quote, real job. And it was while I was, like, completely bored at my mindless job that I started uh, getting interested in iPhone development and possibly making my own app. I didn't think that I would have any idea how to do that. So I thought that I was going to have to hire somebody to help me with it, to to actually build the thing. And I just got a book on programming and started going through it. And the tutorials and everything weren't anywhere near as over my head as I thought they were going to be. So I just sort of kept going and doing more and more tutorials and sort of building the to-do list piece by piece that way. And, uh, it only took about a month, but but yeah, it it was definitely a, a trial by fire experience. I I had no idea what I was doing, and once I was done with it, I had no idea how to market the thing or or get it out to people. And the, the first day was I think twenty six downloads, and it was all like friends and family, and so I sort of had to build everything up from there. But in terms of the the impetus for carrot the character. The original idea was my company's name is Grailer. And the original idea was it was all going to, the to-do list was all going to be based around the Holy Grail. And (laughs) your main task was going to be like your Holy Grail, the one thing that you wanted to accomplish. And all the other tasks on your list were going to be uh, focused on getting that main goal done. And there were back then it was still going to have like a bunch of characters and a bunch of story, but it was all going to be more like Indiana Jones focused. And the, one of the like side characters in, in it 
was this talking corgi named Waffles that was <laughs> sort of like the the main character's like butler type pet. And he was like a stuck up like corgi with a uh, bow tie and top hat and a monocle. And he had this sort of like British voice to him that was snarky and made fun of the user. And looking back on it, I just found like a, a couple of the, it had like more of like a comic book style to it. And I found a couple of the panels that I did for it. And it's very like carrot like dialogue. Like you can see the same kind of stuff coming out of carrots mouth today. And when I like actually sat down to start making the app, I quickly realized that it would be way too hard for me by myself to animate a talking cartoon dog. And because I had such little experience with programming, I thought, well, maybe just making like a couple different circles inside of each other. And one of the circles like expands and contracts would be a lot easier and something that I could do today. And then once I had that, I like realized that it looks sort of like a robot or an AI character. And that's sort of where it grew up from, grew up out of. And the, the actual name for carrot comes out of the whole uh, carrot versus stick philosophy. And that was like the whole philosophy for the app. Like you get rewarded for getting stuff done and punished by carrot for uh, not completing your tasks. And okay, so then, so there's this whole background, around, you know, around the carrot and stick thing. But then I see every app logo has the carrot uh, symbol on it, the the, the upward facing triangle. And I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's not a, mis- a coincidence either. Yeah, I think I was just looking for something to to put in the middle of uh, carrot's eye, her ocular sensor, I call it. And uh, it just, I guess once I came up with the name Carrot, it just made sense to put that in there. It's, it seems like it's it, it, it all kind of comes together. It's a very holistic, even though it may not have been like that at the start, it seems like it all came together as this nice, convenient plan. And now it just, now you can say in retrospect, oh yeah, I, I knew what I was doing all the way back then. Yeah, looking back on it, uh, in retrospect, it does seem like I knew what I was doing, but I definitely didn't. And and if I hadn't been sitting down at the computer at that exact time in in playing around in Photoshop, who knows what I would have come up with. I probably w- wouldn't have uh, come up with this snarky AI character. So on, on top of this, you know, that we have this really fun character, but this is, you know, in particular, Carrot Weather is, is a, a really solid app for what it does. Like it's all, you know, it is fun, but it is also a, a pretty capable weather app compared to a lot of the other weather apps that are out there and, and it, and it looks nice. You know, you built a lot of these other apps, but clearly carrot weather is the, the one that has been kind of the, the most popular. How much, uh, you, can you talk at all about the, the, the process of, of going from, you know, all of these other apps to, to building this weather app and, and how, you know, how, how you came to making some of the design decisions that you made here? Well, the, uh, carrot weather originally came out in, 2015, uh, early 2015. And when I first did it, I I just did something really quick. I I built the app in, I think it was a little less than 30 days between when I started on it and when I got it up on the app store. And I was able to do that so quickly because I already had so many elements of the app. Uh, They already existed in, in the other apps. So like I could pull all the work I'd already done on Carrot's ocular sensor, for example, something that would have taken me maybe like a couple days or, or maybe a week to do. And so I was just able to plug those things in there and build this like minimum viable product and just to see if anybody would like it. And uh, turns out people did. And it was a really simple app compared to, to what exists now. It had a completely different design that, that uh, had this, it focused around this like floating platform and different things would be on the platform depending on the different weather conditions. And so it's completely different from the, the timeline view that it has now. But uh, yeah, so it was really basic and how it ended up getting to where it is today, where it's a much more professional weather app 
is just because of the users. Like users would email me and ask me to add like, oh, I want to be able to see the humidity or the UV index on the main screen without having to go to the details screen. And I would just be like, yeah, I guess I could figure out how to do that. And I would sit down and try to think of a way to fit that into the app in a way that wouldn't make it more complicated and wouldn't make it like super bloated and destroy the design. And that's actually one of the things that I really enjoy doing the most. It It's almost like a puzzle f- trying to figure out how to fit these new things in that people really want and would make the app better in a way that doesn't ruin the app, doesn't ruin the design and the simplicity and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just all those things building on top of each other, all the feedback from users has gotten it to where it is today and turned it into this professional weather app that it, that it is today compared to where it started when it was just this like really simple uh, joke-focused weather app. Yeah, it's funny how that works. I mean, you, you hear about joke products that end up being um, pretty serious successes. The first one that comes to mind for some reason is Dogecoin, <laughs> even <laughs> though I don't even know if that is a success anymore. But I remember when that was like, when, when that was created, it was a, it was basically a like a takedown of the whole Bitcoin uh, thing, like uh, the culture. And and then people were like, but but it's also a real thing that I can put money into? Sure, why not? And then it ended up blowing up. Um, I, I, I mean, obviously, a weather app is something that people use every day. And I wonder if, you, I mean, your... your um, unfair advantage here i think is the fact that you are that old school english lit major who has a knack for telling stories and for creating characters you know when i open the weather channel app i don't feel any personality i just see that it's going to rain tomorrow whereas with carrot i feel like there's somebody who i'm a friend even though the a friend who wants me dead is is kind of interacting there. And I, I, I want to open the app every day as a result. So, I mean, obviously all five of the apps that you have are in entrenched, you know, in especially in the app store, there are so many versions of those apps. Um, is there is there kind of a, a strategy there for keeping people coming back every day? Yeah, definitely with, with the weather app. Uh, I think one big part of it is having this, the uh, what I call the the uh, live dialogue, um, the live snarky dialogue where she talks about current events. So if you're not checking the app every day, you're going to miss out on on jokes that that won't be there uh, the next day. And one of the things that I've done is uh, this uh, mini game that I've built into the weather app uh, where you can hunt for secret locations. Uh, based on clues that Carrot gives you. And so you can hunt down like uh, uh, the Chernobyl uh, uh, disaster site or the Titanic wreck in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean based on these like funny little clues that Carrot gives you. And she, she gives them, gives you a new one every day if you, if you saw the last one. And that's sort of like this fun little thing that that keeps people coming back to the app and and wanting to use it um, day in and day out. And uh, one thing that's in the iOS app that's not yet in the in the Android app that I'm going to be adding probably in in one of the next updates is achievements that you can unlock uh, based on like different weather events. Like if you get like a, a flash flood warning or a uh, a fire warning in your area, or if you get like five days in a row with sun or three days in a row with rain, that kind of stuff. You, you unlock an achievement and that that's another thing that the people enjoy and they actually like try to hunt down the different achievements. So let's talk a little bit about the Android app. So obviously this is your first Android app um, after spending five plus years developing uh, strictly for iOS. What was the process like? I mean, I'm sure the day you released carrot weather for, for iOS Android users started bugging you for the, 
for an Android version. So how, what was the process like of getting here and what was it like learning how to develop for Android, which is from what we know, notoriously difficult to support for a large number of devices? Yeah, and I think that was the thing that had scared me off from developing for Android for so long was that all those horror stories about it being difficult to develop for compared to iOS. And that's just why I had put it off for for so long. And I just finally decided that I have some free time now that that I can devote to it and just sat down and started going through the, the, the documents on on the Android site and uh, doing a couple of tutorials on, uh, I think the main one that I used was Ray Wenderlich's site has a, as a section with uh, Android tutorials now. And I just started going through them and playing around with, with different things. And it, it was a lot like how I started first developing on iOS is just doing these tutorials, finding parts of them that I can repurpose and, and use in the app to build the, the different stuff that I need to do. And, uh, and a couple months later I had the Android app. So were there parts like actual assets that you can recreate or that you can reuse? Are there, are there elements of the development process that, um, you can port over if not one-to-one, then at least, uh, in, in a, in a fairly straightforward way that made this development process easier? Oh, sure. I mean, a lot of the the things that a lot of the different parts of the UI that exist on iOS have pretty clear. um, uh, What's the word? Um, Compatriots on Android uh, or analogs on Android is probably the better word. And so. I was able to take the code from iOS for, for like the, the timeline view and pretty easily drop it into, to the equivalent on Android. And, uh, obviously like all the, the dialogue and the art assets and all that kind of stuff was pretty easy to bring over because that's just, uh, already all done. Right. So, okay. So bakes, I mean, like we've been hearing from Google every year at Google IO that developing for Android is, is easy. It's straightforward. You can build once and now distribute to thousands of devices, the extensibility, it makes it easier and easy to, to create for various screen sizes and whatnot. I mean, is that what you found? Have you found that in the first week or so, or I guess it's only been out for a few days that people are complaining about usability. Have you had complaints from people in like India and China where their phones are not necessarily made to support the Google play store. Um, like w- what has your experience been in the first few days? I've had a couple like minor complaints and run into a couple devices that display things uh, strangely compared to how the more mainstream devices display things. Um, but it's a lot less than than what I initially expected would the the divergences would be and so it it really hasn't been that bad okay excellent I I mean I I'm happy with it I love it I think the design is super cool And, and you use dark sky as a as a source right which is pretty much known as the most accurate source in the U.S. yeah yeah they're great for especially in the U S and the UK and, and Canada. Um, they've got great, uh, hyper local forecasts where they can be accurate down to like the city block. So like if you're in one city block and it's raining in another city block, it, it won't say it's raining yet, but it'll tell you like, Oh, you're going to be getting rain in like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's always annoyingly accurate because it's blue skies here. And then I'll be like, Oh, it's going to rain in 10 minutes. And sure enough, and I'm always outside. Um, all right. So we're, we're going to take a quick break and uh, thank our first sponsor. And then we'll be right back talking with Brian Mueller of Carrot. And our first sponsor this week is, as it is every week, Thrifter. Now, if you haven't heard of Thrifter, it's the place to go 
for all of your deals. If you are interested in saving money, you need to go to thrifter.com. But this week in particular, Thrifter is cranking it to 11, preparing for Amazon Prime Day, which begins Monday, July 16th and extends all the way to like Wednesday morning at 3 a.m. So it's basically, they say it's 36 hours, but it's kind of like 30 nine oh actually yeah it's 36 hours because it starts at 3 p.m eastern on on monday so here's the deal if you're interested in saving some money you go to thrifter.com and you sign up for their prime day newsletter this is a special newsletter that you're going to get uh when you hear this podcast it'll probably be saturday or sunday so if you sign up you get the thrifter newsletter in your inbox on monday it's going to break down all of the important prime day deals that you need to know about going into Tuesday so you won't miss any. And then if you follow them at Thrifter Daily on Twitter, they will be putting out all of the real-time deals on their Twitter feed. That's Thrifter Daily uh, on Twitter. And we used it last year, Russell, and it was it was kind of a it was a mixed it, it was a mixed emotional day because I spent a lot of money, but I felt like I was getting a, a pretty good uh, number of deals. That's pretty much my biggest complaint about Thrifter is that, like, you know, I spend a lot of money, but it turns out that I'm actually spending a lot less. <laughs> so if you're looking to pick up anything in particular, you may want to wait until next week. And as we do with every Thrifter segment, and uh, and today we have a special guest, so I'm really excited about it. We're going to go to Thrifter's homepage, and we're going to each pick a deal that we like and that we're going to recommend to you. So um, Brian, we'll start with you because we like to throw our guests into the fire and see what happens. Um, <laughs> what is your pick for for deal uh, for for your favorite deal on the Thrifter homepage right now? Well, I'm just scrolling through here, and there's actually uh, a couple that that I like on here. Um, the uh, pickle Rick uh, desk toy <laughs> looks looks pretty good, but uh, I really like. Uh, the the game uh, joking hazard by the people that did uh, oh, cyanide yeah. and happiness. It's such and a good game. It's just really fun. Like uh, it's sort of like uh, cards against humanity, where but instead of putting down cards with like different words on them, you're actually building like this comic strip. So like the judge puts down like the first panel in the comic strip and pairs it with another one that comes out of the deck, and then everybody that's playing has to put down the third panel and the judge picks whichever one is like the funniest or the craziest. And uh, that, that's a lot of fun. I actually like it a lot better than Cards Against Humanity. I love that. I've actually never heard of Joking Hazard, oh, it's, but it's such a good game. You should play it. The name itself makes me want to play it real bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's a great pick. What what was your other one? I, I remember you, you had a you had one as another one as well. Uh I think the first one was a uh a stand that I used for my MacBook, uh the 12 South uh vertical MacBook stand. And uh, I do really like that one, but given that this is an Android podcast, uh well, no. I mean, I I I like that one and the reason I I kind of prodded you there is because this is not just for macbooks i mean it looks great with a macbook but it also looks great on with anything with a chromebook anything that will support a computer with you know a, 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 a you know you can keep your you can keep your laptop closed and you can plug in a usb-c port and you know you're you're good to go and you can do that with basically any usb-c compatible chromebook as well so I, no, I really true. like that one, and I, I highly recommend it. All right, Russell, what's your pick for this week? So I uh, I found that uh, a lot of people, when they hear this name, they think about the uh, Hayao Miyazaki movie, the Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, but the book uh, written by Diana Wynne-Jones, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, is a dollar on Amazon right now. It is uh, the the ebook for Howl's Moving Castle, and if you've never like if you've if you've watched the the animation Howl's Moving Castle, you know that it's really good. But if you've never read the book, you're actually really missing out because it is also a amazing story. Uh, and this is uh, it's an audible narration of the novel uh, along with an ebook that you can get for a dollar. I love that movie. I still think it's one of my favorite Miyazaki films. 
I mean, oh yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I, I I still think that Princess Mononoke is my favorite, and I could rewatch that every every week. But Howl's Moving Castle is is so good. There is a ramen shop not far from me that uh, no matter what time of day it is, no matter what's going on, there is a projector on the screen that is constantly playing Ponyo. It is <laughs> never not playing Ponyo all day, every day. It's really funny. What is the is the is the ramen place called like Ponyo? No, no, it has nothing to do with it. I I think they just you know they just figure it's a movie everyone likes. Fair enough. Um. All right. Well. I, I love both of those picks. I'm going to go for something a little bit more traditional. Um, and I'm going to go with a Dyson Ball multi-floor vacuum for $150. Um, as a dog owner, I vacuum all the time. And Dyson kind of gets this weird reception in the media because they're really expensive. And then people are like, well, why would you spend this much money on a vacuum? And because James Dyson gets like he's like built as this inventor profit dude, nobody really believes that what he produces is as good as it is. But I've owned a Dyson animal for years, and this is a little, this is a, sm- a step down from that. But it is still going strong six years later, and uh, this Dyson ball is probably as good as the one that I have because it's a newer model. And I would highly recommend this. It's an amazing product. Dyson makes really good vacuums. Can't speak for the hair dryer that they just put out because I don't have any hair, but the Dyson vacuum gets my thumbs up. Um, so that's those are our picks for the week. If you're interested in finding out more from Thrifter, head to thrifter.com, sign up for their newsletter, and follow them on Twitter at Thrifter Daily for all of your Amazon Prime Day deals in real time. Okay, Brian, let's go back to talking about apps. So give us a sense of what you think about the Android ecosystem right now. I mean, was it or is it the right time to be building an app, especially an app that you want to earn money from, right? You're charging a monthly or a yearly subscription model fee for CarrotWeather right now for, for your app. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a great time to be building apps, but on both platforms, it's it's not quite the uh, the the gold rush time that it was back in the early 2010s uh, when everyone was building an app and expecting to be making like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the first month. But but it's definitely a great time, and I mean, I, I think that I, I definitely have an advantage having having these other apps to to sort of uh, bolster my my street cred or or what have you but uh it's definitely exciting to uh to get on the the android and the the play store platform and and see how that goes i guess has google given you good tools do you feel like because i you keep hearing and the best example that i can think of is um uh, Ustwo, I'm, I'm, th- I'm probably pronouncing the name wrong, but the creators of Monument Valley and Monument Valley 2, they put out an infographic every year that shows the breakdown of revenue between iOS and Android. And iOS makes far more money for them than Android does. Um, is it is is the is Carrot Weather something that you think you can earn as much from on Android, or is it is it sort of like you're just throwing it at you know throwing a dart at the wall and hoping that you hit the bullseye well i'm not looking at it so much to make money on android as i am to just uh get on the platform and see how it goes and and running it more as an experiment and wanting to be able to reach the users that really want to use carrot weather and just haven't had the chance to before and people have been asking for it for years, and I'm always been sad that they have to go to one of these other crappy joke weather apps that have sprung <laughs> up uh, after Carrot Weather became successful. Wait, there are other joke apps. I, I don't even a joke weather apps. Like they just they they basically just copied Carrot Weather and, and put it on Android. I mean, yeah, a couple of them have have uh, have sprung up. Uh, uh, in the year or two after Carrot first launched, uh, 
and and those were were free apps so so they were able to get like uh a lot of reach because of that right yeah that's fair and yeah so i don't know how many of them were were none of them really copied the design so much as as just like the the general idea and there had been a couple other uh funny weather apps before carrot like one of the big ones on ios i th- i think they're on android as well was authentic weather and that app was basically just putting the f word in, in front of the weather condition <laughs> which uh is is definitely funny and yeah so there were there were i think one or two um and i think uh funny or die did a, a weather app uh a few months before i did and I don't think it's around anymore, but I remember that came out and that was one of the impetuses for me building Carrot Weather was that it wasn't all that funny and it was just like text and nothing else. Like there wasn't, they didn't do anything visually amusing in any way. And I just thought that I could do a much better job of that and so that was one of the uh, the launching points for me uh, building Carrot Weather in the first place, and that's actually what most of the other funny weather apps that, that exist today are. They're they're just like text wet text jokes, and they have like the temperature and stuff like that on there as well. They're not really trying to be serious weather apps that happen to be have a personality as well. They're apps that have a quote personality, and that's about it. So was there anything about designing for Android that you found uh, that was that was just kind of new and refreshing? Like we, we hear a lot from uh, developers about the the way that uh, material design uh, guidelines kind of position certain things. And I know that, that you know, uh, by its nature, Carrot does not use a particular amount of uh, of these, you know, kind of stringent guidelines that Google has started creating for for material. But was there anything about that experience that you found was like positively different from developing for the Apple ecosystem? I don't know if there was anything materially uh, different from developing for iOS. Um, they have always had a, a, a very set design elements as well. So coming to Android, it was now that they have that material design framework, it, it felt very familiar and obviously it, the design is, is quite different, but it was very easy to, to jump into from, from iOS. That's really interesting. I mean, do you like Android? Like what's, what's your impression of the platform? Like, are you using an Android phone now are you just kind of like to use a, a a tester like secondary phone? What's your relationship with the platform? Uh, yeah, I do have a a, a Pixel two that uh, I've been using quite a bit and just playing around with and getting used to the different uh, fundamentals of Android and how it's different and from iOS and just trying to learn how everybody does things. And figuring out how to make things that I've been doing for years on iOS, how they should be done on Android and how people expect them to be done. And seeing how those ways are not necessarily better than how they're done on iOS, but just how they're different and how those those differences can be leveraged to make the app uh, stronger and more appealing to Android users. So one of the the big examples of that is the uh, the home screen widgets on Android and how you can have a bunch of different designs and have multiple widgets on the home screen. So I, I've been uh, having a lot of fun playing around with that and uh, a couple different ideas, playing around with a couple different ideas for future versions of, of the widget. Right now there's a uh, two relatively simple examples that are available. There's a compact widget and then a larger one. And I've been playing around with, uh, for future updates, uh, having like a, another widget that shows the the hourly forecast and then another one that would do the the seven-day forecast. And that's definitely an interesting thing coming from, from iOS where the the widgets are limited more to the home screen and the, the, uh, the notification center. 
Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my next question. Like, widgets are certainly a differentiator on Android, but they they seem to be falling a little bit out of favor. Um, in in uh, and, and notifications, in particular, rich, actionable notifications are, um, in my opinion, much more powerful in this idea of headless apps, apps that you interact with primarily through notifications um, are becoming more prominent on both Android and iOS. What's your feeling of um, kind of taking Carrot Weather to that next step? Like, what is your, what, what is your experience with the modal uh, interactions of, of, of the future, I guess, like, you know, we think of notifications, we think of voice, uh, we think of other things than just opening an app, checking it and then closing it again. Well, that's actually one of the, uh, big things that, that carrot weather is popular for on the Apple watch is the notifications that you get throughout the day. Um, there's, two uh, daily reports you can get. You can get one in the morning for the rest of the day's weather and one in the evening for tomorrow's weather. And that's basically like the the rich notification that you get is basically like a mini version of the app. It shows like the temperatures, the, the hourly temperatures and conditions. It's all on there. So you don't even have to open the app, uh, to get like your entire forecast for the rest of the day. And that's one of the things that's been really, really popular on there. And I definitely love to get that onto Android. And I definitely do see that as something going forward, being really popular in apps in general, just not having to open an app, having an app come to you, basically. Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, have you have you also had discussions about bringing Carrot Weather to things like, um, I'm going to call it Lexa, because I don't want people to get mad at me, or you know, <laughs> Assistant or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would be really interested in in bringing uh, Carrot to Amazon's uh, platform and and playing around with it for the assistant as well. I would just have to figure out how to get that done. <laughs> and shout out Dieter Bone for doing that in his latest video because I was I've always struggled with like what to call it. I'm like you can't call it Echo because it's not really an e- like you can't substitute Lexa for Echo, even though. I, anyway, what, whatever my, my, um, my, so you are a, very excited about this. My Sonos, my, my Sonos aside, um, it, it has a, I can't even help myself. It has <laughs> Amazon support, but it's not nearly as good as the way that Amazon implemented on its own hardware. And, um, it always picks up like the, the hot word accidentally. Um, and well, it, echo can actually be the wake word as well. I think, I think you can choose like a couple different ones, computer and, and the a one. Oh and yeah. Now let's just say them all that way. Every single person who owns <laughs> one of these is uh let's just go down the list. You're welcome folks. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. So, I mean, what's next? Like, what do you, what do you want to do next with, uh, with carrot weather? Well, I have a, a bunch of plans for the, for the Android app. I think the next thing that I'm going to work on is the uh, persistent notifications. That's one of the, the cool things that I liked uh, seeing on on my my Pixel is having like the notifications on your lock screen without the phone even being awake and being able to uh, implement that in an interesting way for Carrot and and figuring out how to do that is definitely my my next step. And I want to get a lot of the things that. I wasn't able to fit into the 1.0 on the Android app, like like radar and the achievements and stuff like that implemented uh, throughout the rest of the year. And I've got a lot of plan, new plans that I'm also working on uh, for, for both apps for later in the year, like additional weather data sources for, for people where dark sky uh, isn't necessarily the, the best data source. Uh, so that'll be useful for, for those people. But yeah, I've got a, a lot of stuff going on. And any any unreleased apps that you can talk about? Anything cool that we can expect <laughs> in the future? Uh, nothing unreleased at the moment that that I'm playing around with. But I, I have a, a whole list of ideas that I'd love to do one day. Uh, a camera app would be something that that would be fun to play around with. But uh, 
not working on anything new at the moment. You need to work with someone so that Carrot can have her own speaker. Because <laughs> I, I think I would buy a small Carrot speaker to just be somewhere in my house and be angry at me all the time. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun to do. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look into that. I mean, when you when you think about like branding opportunities, does your mind go to like, you know, building the uh, the, the carrot into an actual like n- <laughs> like narrative character, like with her own line of comic books and novels and TV shows? It, it, can she be a murderous AI that actually is lovable and cuddly, and you may want to be <laughs> friends with? figuring out a way to like humanize her and make her sympathetic <laughs> do you not i don't even know do you want to no. do that we did that through all of portal 2 and it didn't work for for gladys either <laughs> you still want to throw her into space yeah no i mean stuff like that would be great maybe like five ten years down the road we'll have to see it's so funny all right so we're going to take a second quick break and we're going to talk about our friends at Lightstream. So Lightstream, we talked about before a few episodes ago, and it's a really interesting product for people who want to save a little bit of money and lower interest rates on credit card debt. Uh, And the way that this company does it, Lightstream will offer you something called a credit card consolidation loan. So basically, if you have a bunch of debt in different credit cards and you're paying a little bit into each one every month, this is a way to get a lump sum loan and free up all of that credit on those credit cards and consolidate it into a much lower interest rate. So right now, if you're interested in this, you go to lightstream.com slash ACP. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash ACP. And you can apply for a credit card consolidation loan from 5.89% APR with auto pay, which means that it takes money out of your account every month. And you can get a loan from between $5,000 all the way up to $100,000. And you can choose the funding date. You can get it started right now if you're interested. And if you sign up today, you get an additional interest rate discount on top of that low interest rate that Lightstream already offers. Now, if you want to do this, you have to go to lightstream.com slash ACP. That's lightstream.com slash ACP to sign up for a credit card consolidation loan from 5.89% APR with auto pay. Obviously, there's a little bit of disclaimer here, so I have to say it really quickly like the people on the radio. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount, terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice visit lightstream.com for more information i kill those i'm so good at reading those fast ads i think i'm just going to quit my job and become one of those radio announcers what do you say russell i think uh we need to take a step back uh to something you said earlier did you pronounce it ustwo oh god i knew it i knew i, re- I pronounced it well <laughs> what is it it's us too. It's the number two spelled out. How could you miss that? Are you serious? <laughs> it's us two games, huh? Oh my what? god, that's so good. I, I, I you know what? I, I might have actually learned that if I'd gone to livestream.com/acp. But I, I, I just, you know, I was so excited about the ad read. I didn't think about it. Um, no, that's that's that. That's just me being an idiot. So that's so good. I, th- I've always in my mind since the first day. <laughs> so okay, here's the funny part, actually. Um, us two slash us two <laughs> made a game uh, for iOS back in the day. I think it was like 2012 called Whale Trail. Now, Whale Trail was this, it's this adorable game that used the, oh, what's, what's that? Um, it was a really famous game from Italian developer on iOS, uh, The Bird and You like the birds and you hold down on the screen and the bird drops and then flicks. Oh, what, what's it called? Um, Whatever you do, don't try to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, it's, it's not angry birds. Obviously it, it came out with a, come on, Brian, help me out here. You're, you're the iOS dude. I did not play that game. Oh, it's not it's like the only words that are coming to mind are flappy bird, but it's not flappy bird. Um, anyway, so whale trail is this amazing, amazing game. And I, but fell in love with us two. 
And uh, then obviously they came out with um, Monument Valley. Oh, Tiny Wings. Thank you, Google. Because oh, yeah. people, people also search for Tiny Wings. It's the first thing that comes up. So yeah, um, Tiny Wings was it has this very simple dynamic where you just hold down on the screen and the bird drops and then you let it go and the bird bird flies. So Whale Trail has a very similar um, dynamic and it's a really fun game. But then us two kind of pivoted and they created I th- I, what a lot of people think is one of the best games, uh, mobile games ever, which is Monument Valley. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm, I apologize if anybody from us two is listening <laughs> because I've learned something today. Oh, my uh, God. I'm an idiot. So, Brian, what uh, what apps do you look to uh, right now that are on your phone? You look at them and you're like, the, you know, apps that are not yours. And you're like, wow, that that thing that that app does is really cool. I like the way it's visually structured or, or functionally structured. Like what, like what apps do you look at? And it just kind of inspires you to go and figure out how to do something similar for your uh, experiences. Well, I just love looking at other weather apps and seeing how they do things. It's, it's really fun to see like how many different ways there are to present the weather. It's crazy. Like how many different ways you can do that. And how completely different basically every weather app looks from each other, the the ones that aren't copying each other. And it's just a lot of fun to see, like, it's basically like a design playground because there are so many different ways you can do it. And people are coming up with completely new ways to present that information basically, like, every day, every week. There's, there's new weather apps out there because it's a relatively low barrier to entry to make a weather app. And so it's just fun to to explore old apps and, and new apps and see how how they do things. Uh, last year, uh, Apple released uh, their augmented reality development platform called ARKit, and I was just trying to like think of ways that I could build an an augmented reality experience into Carrot and like trying to look for figure out how to do that. And there just was no, no examples of augmented reality weather apps. And so I basically had to do that completely from scratch and like, I couldn't find anything to, to help me out with that. And so that was fun to, to just go from, from scratch and having no prior art basically to base, to base off of. And that was a, definitely a challenging experience and had a, a lot of uh, false starts on that before I came up with what I eventually ended up doing was uh, basically carrots, ocular sensor floating like this um, ball that basically the size of a baseball. And then she shot these like holograms around her to, to display the weather data. And it ended up uh, looking pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that was a, a learning experience. So what do you think of AR in general? I mean, AR core is something that Google is really pushing quite hard. Is there is there a financially viable future for developers pushing AR or is this sort of a something that we're going to have to dip our toes into and see what works? I mean, I think it's still relatively early days on AR. I don't know if anyone is going aside from uh, Pokemon Go is is going to be like hitting the jackpot with an AR app necessarily in the next in the next year maybe but I mean all bets are off after that because it's going to to keep going from here and the hardware and the software is just going to keep getting better and better and you basically have to put on like your sci-fi hat to imagine what's going to come next after the 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 demos we've seen of like uh um, what's it called? Magic Leap and Google, or I'm sorry, Microsoft's HoloLens and stuff like that, where they don't look like they're all that appealing or cool to be wearing. But five, ten years down the road, this is just like early days for what the hardware is going to look like. Five or ten years down the road, it, it might actually be a lot smaller and a lot more reasonable to be wearing this out and around, and you'd be able to be interacting with the AR stuff all the time instead of having to launch an, an, an AR app on your phone and you're only in that one app. So you can definitely imagine how this stuff could be really cool in the future. We're just in early days on that. 
Yeah, it's, I, I, I think it's it's super fascinating. I, I mean, Russell, you saw a bunch of really cool demos from uh, AR Core demos at I.O. this year. It's, um, I think it's, it's one, and, and I, I think you were most excited about the multiplayer aspects of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, you know, Cloud Anchors is something that got announced for, for AR Core. And the thing that made it special was, you know, the ability to, to sync up, uh, whether iOS or Android, uh, you know, anybody, uh, can, can kind of take part in the same augmented reality experience. So, so, you know, just as an example, you know, creating, uh, uh, a field for someone to see for a game and then other people can kind of join in or, or you know, for, for experiences uh, of all kinds. And the thing that made that special uh, was that it, it felt like any number of people could walk through a space and participate instead of having to go through kind of this long networked experience that we're so used to thinking about when it comes to kind of local multiplayer games. Uh, and so that, you know, it opened the door, for, you know, in my mind to things, uh, you know, where where I could be like in a mall and be told to pull out my phone to check out this thing, and the augmented reality experience would already be there, uh, you know, to to be there because something else had already set it up, and that and it gets us that kind of one step closer to the the like augmented layer where you're wearing glasses and you walk into a space and the AR stuff is just happening. Like this, mm-hmm. the cloud anchors thing is is kind of like the is a necessary component of that happening. Right, and you were saying earlier that it'd be cool to have like a carrot like speaker that is shaped like carrot and you can talk to in the real world. Well, this would, if five or two, three, five years down the road, we have this like always on AR experience. You could just have that in AR yeah. in, instead of having to buy like a physical device to do that. Yep, absolutely. And that, that's one of the things, you know, the, the uh, from a single uh, person experience, that's the thing that HoloLens has going for it as a platform is that it, you know, it, it maps areas and then it remembers it. So I can leave a room and come back and all of the stuff that I've put up on the walls would all be there. Mm-hmm. You know, so as an example, like Carrot would be just kind of a an, an app sitting on my coffee table and I could, I could, you know, interact with it anytime I walk into that room. Cloud Anchors is taking that experience and, and putting it as close to we can uh, to a phone where you still kind of have to hold your phone up and look through the phone to do stuff, but you can tell from those experiences uh, that we're we're really like we're we're looking at this from you know answering the question how would this work if I had glasses on, right? And Russell, you have all of the glasses, all of the the headsets. I do. <laughs> which one do you love using most most right now? Honestly, the the one that I pick up and and play with uh, for ideas uh, is Hololens because it's the it's the one that is persistent. You know, it's uh, I was a Google Glass user for for a long time, and and I've I've used a couple of the other augmented reality things that are that are more kind of game focused. But Hololens, uh, the Microsoft is approaching that from the perspective of of kind of an augmented layer across your entire life. You know, so I walk into my kitchen, Netflix is chilling next to the stove as though I had a monitor sitting there ready to, to play something while I'm cooking. And, and, you know, my, my browser with my email is sitting there doing stuff. Uh, and they're in kind of these physical locations instead of something that I would have to reach into my pocket for. And that's a really compelling way to think about augmented computing, uh, that, that I think is going to continue. Yeah, no, it's really interesting, but it, it definitely feels like the future and, we just hit, you know, 10 years of the iOS app store. The Play Store is is super mature and there are great quality apps. And I, and I think that is still where most of the attention is is being put and, and rightfully so. And Brian, I, I just want to, you know, ask you quickly before we go, like, what are your other apps that you use every day that you love that you couldn't live without? <laughs> well, there's... Um, several on iOS that that I use every day. Um, a Twitter app that I use is uh, Tweetbot. It's this uh, great version of uh, a third party Twitter app. One of the, the, I think, the premier ones on iOS. And uh, another one that I use all the time is Apollo. It's a a great Reddit client. Um, I'm basically in those two apps pretty much all day, every day, and. Uh, they're just like these great third-party experiences for these plat these social platforms that have their own apps, but their own apps just aren't as good as as what 
these third-party independent creators can can go and make. And uh, I think that's one of the, the great things about, uh, because I know there's, there's great third-party Twitter and Reddit clients on Android as well. That's one of the great things about these two platforms, uh, the Play Store and the App Store, is that pretty much anybody can make these great experiences for these social platforms and just put them out there and people can pick the ones that, that work best for them and the way that they use those platforms. And it's, it's really fun to, to see those um, develop and exceed what the, these companies that have hundreds of millions of dollars in valuation are able to build on their own. I think uh, I think Carrot Weather would fall into that category as well because it's a better app than the vast majority of weather apps that are built by multi-million-dollar corporations. So, well done, and and thank you so much for bringing Carrot Weather to Android. Thank you so much for bringing yourself to the Android Central podcast. It's been it's been lovely having you. It's been an honor, and uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a great discussion. So. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Russell, what are you doing this weekend? Riding my bike. Brian, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> I am uh, basically taking my... Uh, we have a, a newborn. Well, I guess she's not a newborn anymore. She just uh, turned seven months yesterday. And uh, we just got a little pool for the backyard for her that we're going to set up and play around with this weekend that sounds super super adorable <laughs> so i uh, i hope you enjoy that um i will i will also be hopefully going to a pool because it's going to be about 100 degrees here as well so if you're listening and you're also experiencing a heat wave stay cool and thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next week mm-hmm.